Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Harbor Compliance. Harbor Compliance provides services and software to help nonprofits and businesses maintain compliance with federal, state, and local government licensing requirements. Check today's show notes for a link to get a free online fundraising compliance guide or visit harborcompliance.com to learn more. We're back with another special edition of Cause Talk Radio, in which we feature a deep dive conversation with one of this year's Halo Award winners. This episode features the gold winner for the group volunteerism category, an effort called The Power of One from Vivint Smart Home. I'm joined by Holly Marrow Bench, director of Vivint Gives Back. We dig into why Vivint focuses on helping families with children who have autism and other intellectual and developmental disabilities after recognizing the profound impact of smart home technology for these families. Holly and I also discuss the many moving pieces that Vivint activates when it comes to engaging their employees, from international service trips in which employees pay part of their way, to providing holiday gifts for families in need. We talk about the role of employee choice and engagement efforts, as well as the lessons Holly has personally learned along the way, and the advice that she'd give to others who are working to ramp up an employee volunteerism program. Well, hello, Holly, and welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hi, Megan. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, tell our listeners, Holly, who you are and what you do for Vivint. Yeah, so I am Holly Marrow Bench, and I am um, the director of Vivint Gives Back, which is the philanthropic arm of Vivint Smart Home. Amazing. Well, I was hoping you could just start us off today um, by giving us a quick background about how and why Vivint transformed its social impact focus back in 2014 to a singular cause. And I will kind of caveat all of this by saying Holly did a phenomenal webinar just about this topic for our audience, which I will link in the show notes. But if you could kind of give us the Cliff Notes version of that one hour webinar (laughs) and let us know, you know, a little bit about that transformation back in 2014, because I think it's a really important context for this conversation. Yeah. So um, back in 2014, we as a leadership team of both Vivint Gives Back and Vivint um, really decided that we wanted to focus our efforts into one cause to make a really deep impact um, as opposed to uh, a wide impact. Um, and so we spent time looking at a lot of different causes um, that we could focus on. And the one that made the most sense um, in 2014 was uh, individuals affected by intellectual and developmental disabilities like autism or Down syndrome. Um, and so that is. But I mean, the reason was to be able to make a deep impact as opposed to a wide one. And for those that are not familiar with what you do um, with, say, the autism community and how it relates to your products, can you just give a little bit of background there in terms of, you know, why did that rise to the top in terms of an issue that made sense for your company? Vivint is a smart home technology company. And um when we were looking at causes that we could focus on and that we could uh, make an impact with, we had a test group of families that had a child with autism 
that um, had smart home technology installed in their homes. And one of the things that we saw out of that is parents of a child with autism rate their stress level an 8.25 out of 10, uh, which can be compared to a soldier in combat. And um, after having the smart home technology, they would rate their stress level a 4.25 out of 10. So almost um, because of what we do as a core business. Um, and that for us really was compelling data that made us take a second look at what impact we could be making for, um, you know, individuals that have or are affected by autism. And one of the things that I didn't know before I learned about your program was just that some kids with autism tend to wander and Mm -hmm. escape out windows or doors when their parents aren't looking. Hence the reason they feel like they're in a battlefield at all times because they just never know and can never let their guard down with, you know, not knowing where their kid might be sneaking out without their knowledge. So that smart home system helps them, you know, with door pings and alerts and all that good stuff. And it gives them a chance to make sure that they know that the technology is working for them so that they'll be given an alert before their child is running down the street in traffic. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think um, when when I saw that data first, when I first saw it, I I was naive thinking, you know, when I heard it compared to um, the stress level of a soldier in combat. But as we got to know these families, it was interesting because every decision for them is life and death. And five seconds makes a difference and is life-changing. And so with, you know, with our technology, um, that it provides five seconds of warning for, um, for a family, which turns into prevention and peace of mind. Um, and so that's been a really interesting as we've gotten to know that community really to understand what life is like on a day-to-day basis for them. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And I I love that program. And I love the fact that you've decided to focus in on that one area, because you've wrapped a ton around it, which we're going to talk about right now. So I should have started out by saying congratulations on your Halo Award win. Uh, This year, you won. You're you're not a first time Halo Award winner. But uh, this year, you won for the power of one in the group volunteerism category. There's a lot of moving pieces uh, to that power of one effort, though. So could you give us just a brief overview of what some of those elements are? Yeah. Um, and I think it, it kind of goes back to this main idea of when we started Vivid Gives Back. Um, we never wanted to be an organization that was just writing checks. Um, we always wanted an opportunity for our employees to really give back and get out in the community. Um, and so for us, that you know takes shape in several different ways. But a couple of the main ways um, that that takes shape is we have um, international humanitarian impact trips, which due to the state of the world, we're probably doing every Not doing year. so much right now. Type <laughs> <Our> model. <laughs> um, but we have our international humanitarian trips. Um, we partner with an organization called Feed My Serving Children. Um, that, that's a food packing initiative that we do. Um, we have what we call summer of service, which we have sales offices that operate primarily during the summer months. Um, and each of those offices takes a day to go out and serve in the community that they live and work in. Um, and then one of the programs that we've done for as long as I've been 
part of Vivint Gives Back is our Sub for Santa program. And with that, each year we take care of about um, anywhere between three to 4,000 kids for Christmas um, who otherwise would not have that in about 100 communities throughout North America. And so that's, that's another thing I'm really proud of. And as you dig into each one of those, there's definitely a common thread between uh, between all of them. So I love that. Um, one of the most unique things that stood out to me when I read the HALO application that I didn't know in the past was that you, speaking of those international service trips, you ask your employees to pay part of their way. And it's not an insignificant amount. I can't remember. You can probably remind me, but I remember it being around $2,000 to participate in those trips. So can you talk about that dynamic a little bit? Like, is that something that's been successful for you? Yeah, I mean, we we each year have around 650 between 650 to 800 people the years that we do these. Uh, wow, that's a lot. Right? It is a lot. <laughs> Usually here like a 10 employees went. I mean, yeah, which, so we I mean, we challenging. Took, it is challenging and a logistical just good time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so each employee donates anywhere between, depending on the location that they're going to and, and kind of what is involved in that trip, um, each employee donates anywhere between 1000 to $1,200, plus they pay for um, the cost of flight. And so that, that donation of 1000 to $1,200 takes care of um, lodging, food, transportation, and then the actual project piece itself. Um, and then covered in that project piece is a donation back to the community and, and things that would happen while we were there. That's something that clearly has not deterred employees from participating. And I would think, if anything, it's kind of uh, increasing their own skin in the game, right? Because they've got to yeah. either fundraise or come up with the money themselves. Like Again, it's not an insignificant amount of money. Like Occasionally, you th- see things that's like, you have to pay $200. And it's, right. you know, it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, no problem. But I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and I think we've seen, um, we've seen such great success with it. Uh, because we have our our teams that that build their culture for their team around this, and because what better way to get to know someone, to trust them, to understand them, than working side by side in a third world country, in you know, in a place that has such a great need, um, and so we, while it is a lot of money. Uh, really the experience of being able to see it firsthand that our employees really kind of really treasure those, uh, those opportunities and look forward to them. Today's podcast is brought to you by Harbor Compliance. Did you know that 41 states currently require nonprofits to register to solicit their residents and that once registered, nonprofits must report regularly to each state to maintain good standing? Well, what qualifies a solicitation, you might ask? Many states consider online fundraising activities such as email, website donate now buttons, peer-to-peer fundraising, and social media crowdfunding campaigns to be solicitations. Harbor Compliance can help. With deep industry expertise, providing turnkey solutions to clients of every size in every state and from 25 countries, Harbor Compliance empowers nonprofits to focus on their missions and businesses to focus on their bottom line. Check today's show notes for a link to get a free online fundraising compliance guide or visit harborcompliance.com to learn more. 
I think you also get every in- employee involved in an act of service. Can you talk about, speaking of logistics, can you talk about the complexities of making that happen? Is that something you've been able to truly accomplish is getting every single employee involved? Obviously, not everybody will be able to attend um, an international sure. service trip. Um, but we're really focused on providing different opportunities throughout the year to allow every single employee to participate, kind of meet them where they're at um, and provide those opportunities, whether big or small. Um, And that is one of the things that our Suffer Santa program does really well is it allows, um, you know, because we're doing it in a hundred communities throughout North America, it allows an opportunity for everyone um, to play a part again, whether big or small. Phenomenal. And it sounds like it's a big part of Vivint's culture and one of the reasons that people come to work for Vivint too, right? Yeah, it is. Um, I have heard countless times that that Vivint Gives Back is actually is one of the reasons that either kept people here so long and because it, it's their favorite part about what we get to do um, or it's one of the things that attracted them and uh, attracted them to us in the first place. Well, there are two schools of thought around employee volunteerism. One is that the company should have a singular purpose focus like you do at Vivint. And then another school of thought says you should really allow the employee to decide where they're volunteering, where they're donating, where they're putting their own efforts and give them that choice that, you know, to do and support the cause that they want to support. So how do you respond to that latter argument? Because you've clearly taken a different path. Giving back in general if you're going to just do it, first of all, is, is the first thing. But I think, um, you know, one of the things that we've seen, and I talked a little bit about this in, in the webinar that I did, but one of the things that we've seen uh, with our focus on autism is we've been able to create advocates um, and people that truly understand, um, you know, the challenges that individuals with autism face um, and you know, creating that awareness, then turning that into acceptance, that is what changes communities. Um, And so us being able to take some time and really understand how to be aware and how to, uh, how to accept and, and be involved in that community. um, That for us has been really priceless. And so, um, so I would say if there is a cause that you can focus on and really learn and understand. Um, I think the dividends long-term for both the company and employees involved, it, you know, there's there's a great return on that. I think the other thing that strikes me about you, the way that you approach this too, though, is the fact that there are so many different types of opportunities for people to get involved, whether it's an international trip or whether it's, you know, helping kids around the holidays, you know, and and getting gifts and wrapping those gifts and things like that. So there's, you know, that's kind of a different ask. So you're giving people lots of different ways to, and touch points to get involved. And I think one of the things I, I didn't mention this while I was describing these projects, but one of the things that I think makes each of these things unique is they all, um, you know, they all affect individuals with intellectual, yep, yep, intellectual or developmental disabilities. So our international trips, um, you know, we go and work with kids who have special needs in these third world countries. When we're doing um, partnering with Feed My Starving Children, we ask that our meals go to help 
kids in orphanages the support, uh, kids with special needs. Um, and then we encourage our employees through summer of service to get involved with organizations like Special Olympics, um, you know, those local organizations. And then Sub for Santa, we've got an element of that as well. So everything that we're doing still falls in that vein. Um, it just has a different application sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. We've been at this for some time now, Holly. So mm-hmm. what would you say are the top three lessons that you've gained during your tenure at Vivint working on these types of programs? I think my top three are, one, I think it is it is really easy to be able to make a difference again, whether big or small. It's just lifting where you stand and understanding that you have the ability to make a difference. Um, you know, whether that's, an employee resource group or, you know, an entire department devoted to charitable giving or just an employee that is passionate about a cause. I think there, you know, there are a ton of different ways to be involved and to give back. Um, I think the second one, um, and this, this goes back to when we chose our focus is to really understand um, the impact that you can make as, you know, as a foundation or as a company. Um, I think so often we spread ourselves really, really thin with everything that we want to do um, to change the world. And I think really understanding that one or two area, those one or two areas that you can make a difference and the biggest difference and then going at that is is really um, I wish I could tell my younger self <laughs> that, um, for sure. And then I think third is just the, the art of storytelling and connection, um, and really learning and understanding how to create a human connection with everything that you're doing, whether it be volunteering, donating money, um, but looking for that way to connect people. Um, and that is, um, you know, that is the easiest way to build what you're doing. And when you're talking about storytelling, are you talking about connecting a person's, like, let's say your employees' actions with the end recipient and sharing their story? Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. And I I think that is really, that's truly where the power of one actually came from is thinking about um, where the one person that's impacted by all of these people doing good, the one person in South Africa, the one kid that gets to Mm. go to school, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the one, the one kid who is wearing shoes for Christmas for the first time uh, because he's a refugee here, you know, just those, those one, um, those individuals who are impacted by what uh, what our employees are doing, but really being able to tell that story. Um, and again, that's that's where Power of One came from. I would love to switch gears just for 
quick moment just because we do happen to be in the middle of a pandemic. So while I have you, I just wanted to hear a little bit about how that is impacting your daily work and maybe specifically around your employees and employee engagement. What's the state of affairs at Vivint? Like what what's happening? I would imagine like all over the country, it's probably a little bit different in terms of like what they can and can't do at this point. So it's that's got to be challenging, but I would love to hear just from your perspective, what's going on. So so we've spent the last uh, while, a couple weeks, I guess six weeks, um, who knows how many days it's been. Forever ago. Yes, however long this has gone on. Too long already. (laughs) Um, But I think as, um, you know, as the state of the world really started to change, we started to understand that the landscape of what we do looks different. as far as volunteer opportunities in person, those aren't happening right now. Um, and so how do we engage our employees virtually? How do we help them connect um, with the community, with those in need um, through small acts and big acts? One of the things that we um, put into place is as our employees and our and, and our customers were struggling, um, just as so many people uh, around the world were and are. Um, one of the things that we put into place was a grocery assistance program, um, and and I think one of the incredible things that's come out of COVID is understanding that there are so many people that want the opportunity to give back, um, and even if it's just a couple of dollars, they want the opportunity to be able to help um, in their in their local community. And so that was, um, you know, that was really an interesting thing for us to see uh, as we've been able to both gather donations from our employees and then be able to turn those around and help families in need and provide some grocery assistance. It's a small way to help, but... Um, we've been really impressed with our employees who have donated and nominated um, people to receive assistance. So as always, great to talk to you, Holly. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about The Power of One with our Cause Talk Radio listeners. If people want to learn more about The Power of One or Vivint Gives Back online, how can they do that? We are at vivintgivesback.org or on our social media, both Instagram and Twitter. We're just Vivint Gives Back amazing. We'll include that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Thanks again, Holly, for being here. And we'll look forward to hearing more about your good works in the future. And congratulations again. Thanks, Megan. I appreciate it. Cause Talk Radio. It's a true story.